Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. of Celtic A to Z podcast. We're here at Axon uh, and thanks to Paul John for having us in. I'm Jerry. I'm here with Mark and Barry. Hi guys. Hello everyone. Hello everyone. Yeah, good morning. Uh, good afternoon now. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, transitions this week. So for those of you who are, have followed our podcast in the past, We've compiled an A to Z of the club and we've done some other bits and pieces around Celtic history. Um, We also like to give our own opinions. Um, So this week what we're doing is we're going to be talking about 
obviously the upcoming transition. Cubs very much in a transitional period just now. Looking back at historical transitions, so from manager to manager or, or whatever else, and we'll also be we'll be, p- be picking out I guess our our kind of our, our favourite transitions or, or you know kind of periods of particular importance that we feel were, were you know where the the club was in this this same sort of period. Um, so let, let's start at the top. Then we are. Um, in a huge transition period, I think regardless of what happened last year, it was always going to be like this. Um, not only is the manager changing over, our captain has left as well, um, and the chief executive too. So a lot going on. Um, we'll come to the manager in a moment. Obviously, I think most of what we're talking about today is going to be about the, the transition from one manager to another. Um, but I did want to start with Scott Brown. Um, because he's obviously been at Celtic, what, 14 years? 2007 yeah. he joined. <laughs> yeah, huge part of the, the club and the success we've had in that time. It's going to be very strange, even just seeing pictures of him in that red top. I, that I, I'm not prepared for it at <laughs> all, I've got to say. The yeah. first time that Aberdeen come back to Celtic Park and he's playing for somebody else, crunching into tackles, you know, going through Cal McGregor. <laughs> I'm, I don't know I'm going to watch it <laughs> <laughs> you know he'll give 100% that's the thing he is it's going to be so hard when he, you think back to Henrik playing for Barca that night that was that, a painful experience it's horrible to watch wasn't it um, but you're right so even just on that I mean is he but I think he's got the beating of our current midfield if he comes back and plays them ah, I don't know about that I mean <laughs> we've got some talented midfielders David Turnbull Cal McGregor still a great player but I mean, Scott Brown on his day is still a very good footballer. Yeah. I would like to think, you know, with some additional <laughs> signings, we would have the better of Aberdeen. <laughs> if we don't have the better of Aberdeen, yeah, yeah. we'd have real problems. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's, uh, he, I mean, you look at Scott Brown's kind of facts and figures over this time, he's been one of the most successful players in our history. I think we all wish him well, obviously, going on Absolutely. and doing, doing what he's got to do with Aberdeen. The new captain, I think, are we, are we set on that? That is McGregor. I think he's got a really good show. I mean, we talked about it. he's been at the club since he was a kid. Knows it inside. I mean, we need that. We need that. Someone to steer Postecoglou through that opinion of what the club is about. You know what it means to the fans. Postecoglou will find out soon enough. You know when the the fans are back in. But I think we need that consistency. I think Calvin yeah. McGregor is the Celtic captain already. You see him. Even when Scott Brown was there, he was a guy up jogging along with him leading the team out and he's quite vocal on the pitch as well he's become more vocal over the years and trying to get people going and he's a great footballer had a slightly dodgy season last year but but, but who didn't yeah. who didn't exactly <laughs> um, so I, I've got no issues with Cal McGregor being captain Cal Mack as well I mean he could possibly have left us you know a couple of years ago when he was his peak and he stayed so that says a lot about him as well you know he's committed to the club and what's the other alternative like other well, Cal McGregor I guess that, that yeah to throw it out there yeah there is there's nobody obvious. I mean, I mean James Forrest has been there longer, yeah. longer, but he's not really a captain type. So. His game's focused on just doing his own job, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You, you maybe look to the defence. Ayer, Julian. Don't know if Ayer's going to be there. You can see Julian as a captain, but he's, he's yeah. been injured a lot. Isn't he? Can rely on that. So you're right. I mean, Cal in the absence of any other credible candidate is probably the best shout but no but that sounds wrong I think he deserves it nonetheless yeah. Yeah. ok let me not be too negative about that um, I think what I'm maybe trying to get at is 3-4 years ago I, I really like McGregor and he's a great player but he, I don't I never really saw him as a future Celtic captain it's only kind of it's almost like again 
if I say by default, it maybe sounds negative, you're right, he's probably, he has kind of been Scott Brown's understudy and, and his kind of partner on the pitch, but it, it never, I never really saw it coming. I, I guess I always thought maybe there would be someone else. He's come into the role, if yeah. anything. And listen, obviously, I love McGregor, you're right, not a great season. I think it's, last season was odd, you know, in so many ways, um, which we'll come on to at some point. Um, but he's, He's played a lot of football as well. I mean, he's he's one of these guys. I think for like two or three years in a row, he played more football in Europe than anyone else. Yeah. Which it takes its toll after a while, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not well, certain that's thing. a good thing. Yeah, you know that it's we should have been probably managed him better as a young player. He's he's starting to to maybe see that. I hope, I hope I'm kind of wrong. You know, hopefully he does come back. I think at the Euros with Scotland obviously it looked pretty good yeah seen glimpses of it again yeah so so hopefully right the new manager the change of regime it maybe does kind of help him he kicks on um, so yeah that's the I guess the change of captain in terms of the chief executive changing now I think Peter Lowell became pretty high profile um, and obviously the fans have got their own opinion on Peter Lowell yeah. I mean uh, Mark you said the other day when we were chatting about this he'd been there since Anil I'd actually yeah. realised well, I mean Lowell had been there in the old board days as well he came in a financial role but yeah I mean he came in I think when he was second last season yeah it's been a long time so, yeah I mean that's what yeah, the best part of 20 years yeah so 17 and he has become a huge part of the club you know that, that, that's a debate for another podcast um, yes it, I know the, the, it's a tough one though because you're right I think when he's made the point that you kind of want your chief executive to be a bit in the background you don't really want them to be too public a figure and Lowell's a very high profile figure yeah and that, that kind of I've had to, I can mean one or two things I guess but generally you know if, if they're just functioning and doing their job you probably don't hear too much from them so um, but Don McKay you know yeah, well, let's let's see how he goes um, started off pretty positive I like what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. him so um, and you know he's hoping he's, he's here for a, a proper period too yeah yeah fingers crossed but continuity yeah which then brings us on to the manager so um, okay I'll put my cards on the table here I'd I hadn't heard of him. <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> um, obviously, prior to, to our interest, uh, I think by the clubs, I mean, obviously, it was it, it was nobody's first choice. The club have pretty much admitted that. <laughs> yeah, we've got an actual written statement. It wasn't the first choice. Yeah, um, it's highly unusual. <laughs> it is a bit. Yeah, you know, I think we to go back all the Eddie Howe stuff. For me, it was pretty clear Eddie Howe had no interest in taking the Celtic job from day one. Um, I thought that was pretty embarrassing for us, the whole thing. Um, but whoever the manager was going to be, I was always going to get behind him and back him. And so I will be backing Ange. Yeah, we've always backed the Celtic manager. Even, you know, going back to the 90s and Brady and McCarry, you know, you always had a bit of excitement when the new manager came in. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out like it did with those guys, yeah. but... You always back the manager and hope for the best. I think you'd always have to give me a doubt. And I'll put my hands up when I first heard about Postal Glue. I wasn't impressed. Um, <laughs> I remember some of your comments. Some of your comments. <laughs> which I, I think it was a disappointment. Um, however, I've been watching a lot of J League football, more than I've ever watched in my life. But I watched a documentary about Postal Glue that did for Australian sports and he mm. came across really well. And I think any guy that comes to a country from an immigrant background and works really, really hard to get to the top of his game. You know, fair, fair play to him. I hope he brings that to the club. Yeah, he obviously sees something about him, doesn't he? I think so. So far, he's come across well, and things under no illusions. You know, the job he faces, and I don't think he'd have taken that job if he didn't understand you know, the, the pressures that we're under. You know, in the what the success of the fans, 
won. And he is a winner. I mean, he's won in Australia. He's, he's been Japan, successful. So yeah. He's got yeah. that experience. Um, and I don't think the J League's a bit of a. Um, I know a lot of us don't really follow it. Um, we've obviously had success in the past taking Wim Janssen from the J League, so it's not like it can be done. There's yeah, precedent there. Yeah, there's a precedent. Exactly. It's not. It's not impossible that he's going to come over and be successful. You're right. I, I think he talks a good game. You know, having looked into him a bit, um, obviously seen seen you know the press conferences and stuff. Seen him on the training pitch this week too, which which, which was great. Um, but then just you know, kind of looking into his career, you know, and what he did in Australia. You're right. He's let, you know, let's give him a chance. He does. He certainly says all the right things. You know, lives and breathes football as well. So yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's be hopeful on it. Um, I think the. Yeah, as we've probably all talked about, the the part of, uh, maybe the biggest thing is is the the playing squad, the turnover in the playing squad. That's going to be the biggest challenge this this summer. Yeah, regardless who the manager was, um, there's some big characters that go. They're not going to be in the first eleven, you know, come the end of the transfer window, and we're going to have to recruit correctly and properly. And I mean, I'm hopeful for this season because I'm always hopeful, but. It might take more than one season to turn this around, so we'll have to be patient. Yeah, maybe and prepare for it. I mean, I've, I've got concerns that maybe some Celtic fans maybe aren't as patient as they maybe need to be. I'm, I'm, I'm amongst them. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm on WhatsApp. I think yeah. what you might have with the new manager effect, you might get some players who played bit part before. We'll get a shot. You know, I think Bobby Pett under O'Neill. That type. Or there might be some players who be revitalised. Maybe youth will get a chance. So I think it's exciting. I think, you know, I'm getting a 97 98 vibe off this. We've got a manager coming from Japan. Not really sure about him, um, but it, it could could be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster, I think. Uh, it will. You know, I, I think we should give him some time. I don't think we necessarily need to bounce back immediately. I think as long as you know, as long as we're decent this season. Obviously, if we finish third, he's not going to get a second year. But yeah. if if you know, I don't I don't necessarily buy into he has to win the league in his first season. You know, we don't, we can't be too knee jerk with it. Um, I seen uh, just actually in the comments there. Somebody's pointed out uh, Arsene Wenger obviously came from J League as well. He's pretty successful at Arsenal, so you know it can be done. Um, okay, so that that's I guess where we are. What's happening this summer? Um, what we're going to do? We're going to look over, say, where we've been in this situation in the past, and, and, and we've got a history lesson possibly coming for you at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Although you probably all know it all already. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll look back over all the transitions. But before we do that, we, we wanted to talk about, I guess, ones that are, are, are maybe significant or, or mean more to us. Um, I think we probably want to get two out of the way initially, and that is Jock Steen coming in 1965 and Martin O'Neill coming in in 2000. I think clearly those are the two biggest transitions. I would agree with that, system. certainly, yeah. yeah. In terms of just changing the whole um, look of the club and what the ambition of the club was at the time on both, both occasions. Yeah. Like a restore hope, wasn't it, to the fans after a difficult couple of years? Exactly, yeah. So I think you know, we'll, we'll come on to them you know, when we're going through the kind of the timeline of it. Um, but leaving those two aside, we each wanted to kind of pick one that we thought was you know, maybe a significant one. So, Mark, do you want to, to give us something Thanks, on that yeah. first? So we're about to embark on a magical history tour. <laughs> and I'm going to start off on a real downer. The last day of the 0405 season, I think that's one more experience as a Celtic fan. Yeah. With Seville, you were hopeful, but you knew you were up against a good team. But I remember that morning, 
you know, one of our friends is having a title party. I'd been working that morning, buttering rolls, and then this is <laughs> for scoreboard on. Here, that Neil was going, and I was, I was heartbroken. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Martin Neil. And I heard striking was coming. No, so I don't want to dwell too much on what happens, but we all know that <clears throat> we lost the league in the last day of the season. And it's yeah. just still not quite over that. No, I, I, I've never worked with my guy, and he admitted to me once that he'd never recovered from this, but all the success we'd ever had, it's, it's still so painful. Because you know what it's like, the opposite feeling, you know, if you think of Love Street in 86, how that felt, so we were on the, the other end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that period, you know, between O'Neill and Strachan, it wasn't as significant, you know, as what happened when O'Neill came in after Barnes. But it was a huge part of our, our history. I mean, I think when we talked about this before, Barry, you talked about the, the, the club felt a bit flat. Yeah, well, certainly at the end of the season 2005. <laughs> I mean, obviously, losing the league in the last day of the season is a terrible way to go, but there were players in that team that were basically on their last legs. I mean, Alan Thompson was never the same player um, and didn't last much longer at the club. Um, obviously, Henry could go in. Sutton wasn't very long in the club. Didi Agat didn't last long after Strachan came in. Um, and they probably had to, yeah, had to go. And there had to be a change. There had to be. Yeah. And there was a massive turnover. And, and it was, I mean, these, these guys were, had been here for the five previous years, you know, the, the exploits in Europe. And it was a big job for Strachan to come in. And I, I, I like God Strachan. I've got a soft spot for him. Um, he's not, not, not always the kind of most easy to get on with. I don't know how much that personally, but just from media and stuff. Um, yeah. It's not everybody's cup of tea, so. No, I just think that feeling and that I mean, I know we were on winning the Scottish Cup which is bright I mean, and then it was last game as a manager we win the Scottish Cup but there was that feeling that the club was at a, a crossroads about you know where do we go that mm-hmm. are we able to push on the success that we've enjoyed or are we going to take a backward step and maybe struggle um, it's a it's a good it's, it's a weird transition because it's one that's you would say Neil is obviously just a hugely positive mm-hmm. time for the club losing the league on the last day is is obviously sore but that, you know, at the end of the day, you're in. If you're in the league title to the last day, you can't really call it an unsuccessful season. It's still, you know, you're pretty good. You're in touch and distance. So we're not exactly coming from miles behind. No, where we're no, Neil, yeah, you know, twenty-one point gap. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that feeling at the club. You know, we'd, we'd lost so much. You know, we'd lost ten the year before when Neil, you know, was, was iconic. And even at the time, you know, the players we were bringing in, they weren't what we were maybe used to. We weren't bringing in like the big five, six million superstars, you know, Jeremy Alley there on loan from Arsenal. Mokimara. Mokimara. Paul Telfer. Paul Telfer done okay. He did. Yeah, but he was, I think he had that big experience coming in. He was tracking what we were looking before. Uh, Zoraski. There's some great like, players in that time. Zoraski. Zoraski. Nakamura Boric. They were all successful players yeah. and all contributed to that. Any good at Hesseling as well. Oh, he was in the year after. Yes, but that kind of falls in there. That summer was, you know, the team had to be rebuilt or certainly strengthened. We were still going to rely on guys like Petrov, you know, to do a job. I mean, Hartson still got a lot of goals. I mean, Bobo was still mm-hmm. doing the shift. We had a couple of months at a certain Thompson, you know, not so much. Well, I always think with Strachan in that first season in particular, it's the development of Sean Maloney that's a big yeah. factor because he could come first 11 because uh-huh. under really wasn't really. Yeah. And then in 2005, through that whole season, yeah. he's you know, player of the year at the end of it. Yeah. He scores important goals. Yeah, uh, I mean, Stephen Maris, you know, got a, a run in the team as well. But that that summer, you know, we were. I remember that kind of sense of anticipation. You know, what's going to happen? What's it going to be like? And then we play Art Media Bratislava. Um, <laughs> as you talk about like people calling for a manager's head early doors, I I'm pretty sure that night. I want to strike yeah. an out. <laughs> I, I remember we were at our, our friend's house. I came home. I think I left at four 0 and my mum says, 
oh what a, what a score that was and she's like I finished 5-0 and I remember kicking a phone book <laughs> which was really really sore but we um, always turned around in the second I know they were whisking away from getting through but yeah. Strachan Stra- Stra- a good story I think Strachan <laughs> was at the airport coming back and he was obviously thinking oh God. <laughs> you know this is not my dream start yeah. and then we're not it's, it's true or not but certainly as a, a Celtic fan come up to him and said you'll never walk alone you know and give him a wee bit of a boost and then you know with the, the 4 each game against Burnwell first that game of the season after them 3-1 up you're That's thinking right, oh yeah. goodness <laughs> this is going to be a painful transition then slowly but surely we kind of got going you know we lost the game at Ibrooks we were a bit unlucky to lose 3-1 but then we kick on Nakamura just finds his form Zaraski starts scoring goals against Dunfermline that seemed to be a turning point yeah. I remember yeah I mean we won a couple of old firm games the League Cup game yeah. another one in the league and then we, then we just blew, blew them away after that yeah that was it I mean it just felt as if that transition I think emotionally it was a big Big job for striking because you know the fans, you know, we'd lost O'Neill as I said. Mm-hmm. Some of the players were maybe getting towards the end of their cycle. Um, you know, we'd, we'd had a challenge, you know, from, from Rangers. It, it, it was a really tough one, you're right, as one that- This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. I guess the board had to get right and ultimately did because it is so tough coming from someone like O'Neill and, and what he'd done to the club. So to get even close to that, I mean, and Strachan's period was successful uh, trophy-wise. I know three in a row, yeah. The last 16 in Europe and thing. Twice, the last 16, yeah. And if you if you thought that you know that <clears throat> full time after Armida Bratislava away, yeah, we've just yeah, seen that going. Mm-hmm. So I think what you talked about earlier, Barry, but we have to be a bit patient with Postecoglou. Mm-hmm. You know, give, give him a bit of time. And that's not to say we won't accept bad performances all the time or terrible results. No, obviously there's a there's a line, isn't there? There's yeah. a, there's a <laughs> yeah. My favourite game from that two thousand five six season's the the three two game. Oh, at was it was it New Year's Day or the New Year's Day? New Year's Day because I remember. <laughs> My mum's birthday's on New Year's Day, so we went up to my grand's house for dinner. And me and my dad sort of sneaked away to go to the pub, basically, to watch the game. So we were all like, you only watched the first half, and the hearts were winning two and a half to yeah. ten minutes, I seem to remember. So we had to go back to the house at half time and then missed a great comeback. So I was like, keeping updates on like Teledecks. <laughs> me, me and my friend, our friend Dave, watched it in a, a nightclub in East Coast, had opened up for it. It's probably, it's probably one of the mankiest places after New Year's Eve. And I remember when McMahon scored the winner, there was a guy next to us started doing the one, possibly the dirtiest one in Scotland. <laughs> It was just a pandemonium, but it was brilliant. You know that was uh, that excitement. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- that that was a period, you know, where it could have went very badly wrong after losing a deal. I mean, I always think that scene in the fellowship of the, the ring when like Gandalf's falling off the bridge with the Balrog, and they're all crying. That's how I felt that morning when I realised that O'Neill was leaving. It's like, what am I going to do? He's gone. I just say and pretend I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so he's too cool for that sort of thing. Oh, okay. It's geek- Star Wars, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's geek chic, so it's geek now, but 
it was just that sense, you know, that, that blow of losing the league last day of the season. Yeah, difficult summer, you know, opening game of the season, you know, losing Tartney to Bratislava, but it was a difficult period for us, but, you know, it ultimately became a very successful one as well. It's tracking done well. Yeah, and yeah. it was, I mean, we basically dominated that decade. Oh, yeah, we absolutely did, yeah, and looking back on it. Uh, even the ones, as you pointed out to Neil, was there, the, the two we lost under Neil, we lost them in the last day of the season. Goal so difference. We were always, we were in pretty much every title race, until Mowbray, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, cool. No, uh, cheers, Mark. Uh, you're right. I think the Anil to Strachan was a tough one f- for the club, for the board, for the fans, for everyone. Um, and it did work out well. So, yeah, that's you know, it's an interesting one to point to. Barry, anything? What's your... Where are you going? Uh, well, I like, I'm like. i a big fan of the, the transition from, from Mowbray to Neil Lennon mm-hmm. um, back in the summer of 2010. Obviously, I'm a big fan of it because the new the 20 Mowbray season was an utter disaster. <laughs> was that the yeah, so it was it was <laughs> well, you say that, we've got some examples where it goes from bad to worse <laughs> in our history, but you know. Um, yeah, so I mean, the summer of 2010, one of my fact, let's start before that actually. So, 20 Mowbray gets the sack after getting battered off St. Mirren um, for nothing, and Neil Lennon gets the interim job. And does pretty well um, for those few months where he's interim manager. Did not win like nine or eleven games or something. No, he won every league game. It was just, it was just the Ross County. It was just, it was just the, the Scottish Cup game that we lost, which mm. is rather unfortunate. But nonetheless, done enough to get himself the job. But I mean, Mowbray's team was a mess. It was unbalanced. There was players who clearly weren't good enough, and it needed to be a complete, um, complete clear out. Of that one side and we brought in January to try and save the league. Yeah, it's yeah. one of these. Um, Teams that you kind of look back on, and you wonder where the where, where the thought is behind guys like you know, Dean Mansi Camera and stuff like that. It's, there's a bit odd signings, yeah. I guess. I mean, even uh, Ingwemna was not a bad player, but he never really looked like a Celtic player. Um, uh, Fortuny, Mark Antoine Fortuny. He didn't really look like he was trying most of the time. Fortuny. Yeah. The that I mean, there's a cut he brought. Um, obviously, Roy Keane came in at that point. Is he not? Robbie no, no. Rob, Robbie Keane, sorry, Robbie Keane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, I mean, that, that would be obviously been crying out for that for, for years. Yeah. It's a shame that. But, but it was too little, wasn't it, though? Yeah, it didn't but, really work. So, I mean, the point I'm getting at is in the summer of 2010, I mean, there's a massive turnover of players, and mm. either we look, well, the players that Lennon brought in that summer alone, like Gary Hooper, Anthony Stokes, Joe Ledley, Chad Ree, Charlie McGrew. Efan Juarez, Daniel Mustorovic, Fraser Foster. Halfway through the season, you bring Chris Commons. I'm, I'm sure I've missed some, but just I mean, that alone just shows you how much of a rebuild job needed to take place. Yeah. And the fact that it was pretty successful, to be honest with you. I mean, they started the season brilliantly, and it was only a little bit of an experience over the course of the season that cost them the league. Over 90 points. Um, I mean, yeah. Nine times out of ten, you're going to win the league yeah. over 90 points. All things Sam Ross has missed it. Ibrox, that penalty, you know, that three points. There's a couple of things you can point to, isn't it? The Cali Thistle game towards yeah. the end of the season. I think it's, um, it, it, I guess it's one of those seasons which, are, which I'm talking about where you don't win the league, but do you know what? That You can't really claim it was unsuccessful you're like 92 93 points you didn't touch in distance you win the Scottish Cup yeah. that's the kind of thing that well, there were a couple of small yeah. small mistakes or yeah. away from winning a treble you know, we lost the League Cup final albeit deservedly because we didn't play well in the League Cup final but you know we're one game away from winning the league and we win the Scottish Cup and considering where we were the year before I just think it was a 
I think that's a really successful point, and it, we really needed to do it. You know? And ne- it needed to be successful, and luckily most of the signings were successful. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, uh, it, it sticks in my mind as well, the, the Scottish Cup final that year, 3-0 v Motherwell. Um, I remember watching it with my, my dad and my brothers, um, with a few family things going on at the time. And it was just such, it was such a great moment, obviously an awful day weather-wise, but it was a great win, the Scottish Cup final, and Lennon's interview after yeah. the game, this is just the beginning. Uh, it was such a and, success that yeah. day. Like, it felt like a celebration, it felt like a change. You were really you know? positive going into the next season, weren't you? I mean, um, I watched that game in Hegarty's bar on the south side, and I was there all day, like it was a proper celebration. <laughs> and then I remember my brother got asked to leave because he was banging a chair off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, you, whenever you lose a league, it's always, it's always horrible because more often than not, your rivals have won it. But I remember that feeling when we lost the league in the last day of the season, 2010 and 11. You felt as if there was hope for the future. Mm. You know, that sense that, okay, we've not won it, but, you know, this is a good team we've got. Mm. And a bunch of young guys. And I've heard people say that they enjoyed that season because they felt as if they were growing with the team. Yeah, definitely. On. I mean, the development of the Game Brigade that year was important as well. I mean, they've got their faults, but that year, they really came to the fore. We had yeah. new songs um, and the fans kind of congregated. There was a kind of together. change of culture almost, wasn't there, what, that year? Right? And there was great performances on the park. And you think of the 9-0 game against Aberdeen. Yeah. That was a brilliant <laughs> afternoon. That was, wasn't it? Yeah. The 3-0 against Rangers as well. That, well yeah. That's... I'll stay with me forever that game. So, yeah, great performances. Ultimately, didn't win the league, but from the transition from Mowbray to, to Lennon, it was so important to get that right, and it was, and then we continued on there. You know, ultimately won nine in a row. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that first season, very close in the league, win the Scottish Cup, follow up nine titles in a row. You know, it's a, it's a, that's a pretty good turnaround from, from Mowbray. And obviously, um, I guess the, the following season, what happened across the city, you know, some fun times ensued from that and, and that obviously helped the feel-good factor of the club but I think what Lennon achieved in his first stint as manager was a, was amazing um, The obviously the last 16 in Champions League beating Barcelona that night that's one of the, yeah. the games that will stay with me forever being at, being at that one um, but it all stems from getting that first season right though because he has to get that right and none of that happens and I think yeah. some of the players we brought in as well you talked about mentioning I always think of guys like Kyle and Izaguirre they weren't household names but they came in mm-hmm. and normally you bring a lot of players in your success rate is maybe 50-50 but I felt like that summer we got a regular person maybe guys like John Park around the club you know the guys we're bringing in came in and just did a job and guys like Joe Ledley that was a great signing you know he was I've just realised I missed out Is he getting this thanks for bringing that oh, up so, <laughs> <laughs> there was that feeling that most guys we brought even Chad Deree Apart from some performances, <laughs> did alright. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Um, no, okay. So got Lundberg as well. Sorry, oh, Freddie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> even played Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare in Cardiff Street. <laughs> was a, we used to do that a lot. Guys like Freddie Lundberg, didn't we? Just you know, kind of bring up the. We've stopped doing it happily, but you know, there's like a few of those, like Janino mm. and getting guys at like 33, 34. Even Roy Keane kind of falls in that category. Yeah, I suppose. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I'm kind of glad we've stopped doing that. Just became like a kind of retirement home for <laughs> Premiership football. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, okay, so cheers. So we'll, yeah, Strachan from Anil and um, Lennon from Mowbray. I guess two 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 really good transitions there. I'm going to go a wee bit further back, um, and I'm going to I'm going to stick my neck out and say I think this is the most significant transition in the club's history and I'm going to include Martin O'Neill in that because I think without really? this Martin O'Neill doesn't happen um, and that is 
Right, it's Tommy Burns taking over from Lou McCary. But it's not just Tommy Burns taking over from Lou McCary, it's Fergus McCann and Brian Dempsey wrestling control of the club from the old board, which happened in, I think, the March of the year uh, 94. Mc- Lou McCary was, was obviously kind of let go as manager at the end of that season. And then Tommy Burns comes in in the summer. And the reason you know, I'm kind of pointing to this is I think it's the the birth of modern Celtic. You know, it's... <laughs> I, it definitely is. I mean, it's, you know, the new... New manager, new new backroom team, ultimately a new stadium. Yeah, yeah everything about it, it's to be absolutely clear, it's not a new club. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely not. Like a club. Like a, <laughs> so let's be absolutely clear on it. <laughs> um, it is the same club, um, and but yeah, just the the, the change is is kind of night and day from where we were in the early nineties when Tommy Burns came in. It's just a, a everything about it is positivity. And although I appreciate result-wise, it maybe took a year or two to, to properly get going. Well, it definitely did. I mean, yeah. That 94-95 season, when there was a period where we went on a run of 20 games and won twice. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I blame Hamden Park for that, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, um, the the following season, coming back to, to Celtic Park, the new stadium, um, we ran them so close that year. That's one of the ones that got away in terms of a title um, but just I, I kind of want to point to is say that it's, it's the stadium it's everything the way the clubs run um, and, and it's the players as well you look at the players we start to bring in when Tommy Burns is manager um, and you know to go through Burns' signings or it is right, so there's a couple of kind of young ones in there Declan Boyle John Connery but that aside the rest of the list reads like Phil O'Donnell Tosh McKinley Big Pierre Andy Tom Jackie McNamara, Martin Recos, George Cadet, Paolo Di Canio, Rico Anoni, yeah. <laughs> Tommy Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's over his full tenure, yeah. isn't it? Uh-huh. No, I mean, if you look back to the, the summer of 94, there wasn't a huge... No, I mean, Phil O'Donnell's probably the only one. Walker coming back, but yeah. that's hardly a stellar signing. Van hmm. um, Hoydonk was a little bit further down the road. He was going to, uh, well, mid-season, January. Yeah, so he yeah. wasn't backed hugely in the summer of 94, I think it's fair to say. I mean, I don't know if he just came in, he's yeah. just trying to organise things. I'd probably just mm-hmm. yeah, think yeah. fires and getting the club yeah. back in a... But I think I, I'm, I'm suggesting the transition is... is it's, it's a good 18 months mm-hmm. or something you know, t- to fully get there being away from home playing at Hamden for the full season is obviously going to make things very difficult you're right there's probably a lot contractually and everything else with the club to, to get sorted with Fergus coming in so it, it takes a long time to turn that ship around from where we were in the early 90s to, to ultimately what we became um, what is significant about that season though obviously is winning the Scottish Cup at, We'll Scottish Cup's huge. Yeah. huge. I mean, we'll, let's get the League Cup final out of the way first. We all oh, thought that was going to be yeah, the first trophy in what, you know, five, six years. I remember crying at that. <laughs> Genuinely crying. I was only 12 at the time. That. It was in tears. Uh, you, just, you just didn't see that coming at all. You didn't see Wraith Rovers. No, this is our moment. We're finally going to win something. <laughs> nope. Even like, the concept, when you actually say it now, that Wraith Rovers... <laughs> beat us in the League Cup final it's just like how did that happen <laughs> yeah it must be one of the biggest shocks you know and and I guess in kind of Scottish Cup or Scottish League Cup final history um, but yeah so fast forward a few months and we're in the Scottish Cup final again playing first division opposition you can't, you can't <laughs> lose twice to first division opposition can you? surely it can't happen again um, but yeah so against Airdrie and it's that I think we get, we get the goal in the first 10 minutes which you would think 
kind of should settle you mm-hmm. down. You just you, you win it comfortably. Game didn't really pan out like that. No, yeah, no, it's a terrible game of football. We mentioned <laughs> well, that last time we were here. It's it's awful. It's, just a, it's a pressure game, isn't it? It's a game you just have to win in any sort of method. Just all about winning. Yeah, and is that Tosh McKinley, who to this day, I've, I've, maybe Alan Thompson is the only other person I've seen can. I can move it a movie. Yeah. So these like that left foot cross like that. Yeah, just that swing that left footed cross in for like forty Steve yards Gunn back. Was pretty good for that time he was there. I suppose. I suppose we've had a few, yeah. But Josh McKinley is probably the original one I saw do it. Um and Big Pierre obviously the header, you know, great goal. But just I mean, like all Celtic fans, I guess, you've got an affinity for Tommy Burns. It's it's so wonderful that he was able to be Celtic manager. I wish he'd been more successful as manager but just lifting the club out of that you know Liam Brady Lou McCary the old boards everything it's interesting that Fergus McCann didn't actually want him I mean he said that recently in an interview he wanted to go straight down the route of the the European manager you know the sort of Wim Janssen type figure um, and get you know director of football in but and he was advised by other people on the board that he had to have a Celtic man when he first came in. Yeah. And I remember him saying that in an interview, he said, you know, so Tommy got his three years. And I was like, I've flopping, always been a bit, uh, a bit yeah. annoyed at that. I think Burns, okay, then it was a success. We don't want to, but he's so crucial in that period because we needed someone in who cared for as much about the club as the fans. You know, he was a fan, coming to be a manager. That we needed that period, you know, because there was no guarantee that the takeover was going to lead to success. We needed someone in, like, you know, who cared so much and... Um, you can see the players had a newfound confidence as well you know they were playing mm-hmm. the Celtic way yeah. you know, I think about that on target video 95 96 yeah, loved yeah, it yeah. I mean it's you know we didn't win anything but still some of the football we played was just a joy to watch well that's it I mean having having players like that in your team when you look at the players we had the early 90s with all due respect to guys like Wayne Biggins and Carol Muggleton and, 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 and the rest to go from that to I mean Andy Tom signing like German international and obviously Big Pierre you know to play for Hall, uh, the Netherlands Paolo Di Canio <laughs> I know he was only there a year yeah. but uh, just having guys like this in your teams yeah, the end of the 3-4 was a big part of that as well though, I suppose yeah it? actually you're right that, it kind of coincides with that doesn't it um, I saw a photo recently it was it came up it was uh, the three amigos as they were mm-hmm. we on the Bumblebee kit always with one down at Kelly and it's weird because I just have nothing but happy memories although we didn't win anything it's just that period yeah. you know, it was great watching Celtic again because you know the football was I great I think you've forgotten the bad memories <laughs> I, I think it's a bit like uh, you know you just you, you, the bad memories just disappear because you know so every time I see Andy Gorham you know, <laughs> actually we've talked Andy Gorham once in person <laughs> I wanted to say to him like uh, <laughs> you're in some of my teenage years but I didn't because he looked a bit mental for me <laughs> some dodgy looking characters but yeah. um, but I think it's so important because that it's just a bit, it's about bringing confidence back, isn't it? It's such a huge part of football. It's confidence. Yeah. I mean, you can see this last season, the team also missed the fans not being there. Yeah. So I think it's it's a huge part of it. You're bringing the confidence back. But I know nineties. We talked about you know earlier. There was a, I had to have a good sense of humour during that period. You know, from the side of life, because mm-hmm. it was pretty much being a Celtic fan. You were living in the shadow of our rivals, not much to enjoy. It's that ability to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. That but, kind of... Whereas then. Tommy Burns that period of time, we actually started to get a bit of confidence. We thought, you know, we can win, like, mm-hmm. we can, we can gather as good as we get, and that was a, the, the difference. I think. It, yeah, we got closer over that period, yeah. so eventually we were going to go for the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we people of our generation, we never really known that. Yeah, too young to really enjoy eighty eight. Yeah, but it was just growing. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, I I do wonder. Going back to what McCann said. 
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. How different things might have been had we appointed when we answered or someone like that in 94, 95. Would success have, have came mean, a bit quicker? You or? can never know, can yeah, you, really? It's a weird one. Um, you're right, or it might have been too much too soon, and the whole thing falls. You know, who, who knows? Maybe you needed that foundation, that yeah. Celtic man in the job, just to see it through. What that's what the transitions, I guess, are all about. So, um, yeah. So I guess that's, I guess, from us the three transitions that we feel pretty strongly about and and are, are pretty significant in our lifetimes. What we're going to do is is look back over our history. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I mentioned Chalkstein. You mean Celtic's history, not your history? No, Mark, it's not our history. Yeah. Yeah. So Celtic's history. So we're just gonna have a, you know, a kind of quick run through of what it was like going from one manager to the other. Ultimately, we'll look at was that a a, a positive step, a negative mm-hmm. step, an upgrade, a. A retrograde, is that? <laughs> I think we retrograde means a backward step of returning to inferior position. Right. Okay. So we we will we, we'll ultimately decide if it's a if it's a positive or a negative, if it's an up or a down on the previous manager. Um, we didn't start with the manager as we've established before. So well, there was the committee. The committee. Yeah. The, I tried to look into that, but it's, it's hard to find more information about who was really at the forefront of you making those sort of somebody decisions. Somebody ultimately surely picked the team. I don't you know, imagine there wasn't ten guys picking the team, presumably. So. I know. I, I'm not sure how big the playing squad would have been. Maybe 15, 16 players. Did they just was it just a kind of survival of the fittest? Like the the eleven best fighters got. <laughs> <laughs> I think you only picked eleven players. I mean, there was a famous Celtic game where 
somebody missed the train. Uh, I think this McCona, I think the guy's name was, and Celtic had to play with ten players, hmm. like in nineteen oh nine something like that. So yeah, yeah. actually only picked eleven players. So it was up. Up. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So obviously things tighten up a wee bit. Our first managerial appointment is obviously Willie Mealy um, in eighteen ninety seven, who was only I think twenty seven at the time. Uh, late 20s time. Yeah, he was obviously still playing in the team. Again, whether it's just a case of he's. Yeah, it just becomes a figurehead. Maybe he's the most literate guy. I, don't I think. Know. It, I think other clubs have started to appoint a proper manager. Yeah. And it was just become the done thing. And Celtic gone, yeah. gone that. We're just gonna. Maybe it's not odd picking picking a player, but I know obviously you know the Mealy family, Tom Mealy, were, were involved in the early club as well. So, um, so yeah. So Willie Mealy, I guess, is the first manager we've got. So if we take him as the benchmark for where we're going after that, like thirty trophies. It's no, it's not a bad return. And saying that, I mean, well, it's plenty of two halves, isn't it? Aye, really, it's like, half's pretty successful. Yeah, because he builds like two or three, but well, builds maybe like two different proper successful teams in that time that six in a row team yeah. which we, we've spoke about is obviously great we're probably saying that's an uplift on the committee I mean who are we it's only very kind of shadow doesn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I think that that's you know for a young club yep. the success is incredible that period under Melee. yeah so from Melee, we go so we'll kind of gloss over Jimmy McStay and the reason for that is you know it was during Second World War so we didn't there was no no official football, no, no trophies football. that count whatsoever under no. any circumstances. I actually, I I believe in years to come, last season will be viewed like that. It's a complete aberration. <laughs> right. It's a total nonsense playing football, you know, with no fans yeah. during a pandemic. I think in time we'll look at that and think, you know, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> bit like the second world I'm war. Not sure you're right. We'll stick to that one. Uh, so we probably wouldn't really count Jimmy McStay in this um, Jimmy McGrory took over out of the Second World War so 45-46 first season back um, now Jimmy McGrory we spoke about Aye. on this podcast a genius footballer wonderful I would say possibly together with Jimmy Johnson the two players I would love to have seen um, I think going to games you know where you've got a, a guy up front who's scoring like 50, 60, 70 goals a season <laughs> <laughs> disappointed if you like it's a hat <laughs> yeah you, just, you know I would have loved to see Jimmy yeah, there's McGrory a strong argument to say McGrory is the greatest ever Celtic player but it's just it's so long ago people don't yeah. really talk about yeah, I think he suffers because we talked about Patsy Gallagher because there's no real footage of him yeah prime. That is, I know you're right that is a, that's maybe a factor in it oh. um, is that what we're coming on to? Yeah, we're coming on to the butt because let, let's be brutally honest that Jimmy McGrory's managerial stint at the club was not the most successful period. So he was manager for 20 years. In that 20 years, we won one title. Yeah. <laughs> which is but probably not good enough. What, what a title. <laughs> what a title that <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What I, I guess the one saving grace in that 20 years is the 1957 League Cup final, uh, Hamden and the Sun. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing you could probably point to a bit well we've spoken about that before tenure. I mean it's so iconic would you would you swap it for anything is else? it worth 10 titles or something maybe I don't know so. I don't mm, so that's a different <laughs> uh, you'd probably rather have a few more titles <laughs> on the board <bottom. laughs> I, I don't know I suppose the 7 one yeah it's, it's a weird one isn't it it's probably it's debatable I guess it's like the is the quadruple treble better than 
nine in a row, ten in a row. I, I don't know. You know, you've got to remember McGrory wasn't really in charge. I mean, he was he was the manager, but he wasn't picking the team. Maybe more yeah. of a sort of coach, almost like taking the players maybe in the training yeah. pitch. Yeah. I mean, Robert well, Kelly was picking the team, really. Yeah, we've spoken with Robert Kelly. Yeah. yeah, in the podcast, um, very much a hands-on <laughs> chairman. Did um, rock a smoking pipe though. Yeah, well, Do you, you don't see many coaches smoking pipes on the bench anymore. No, that's that's, that's can't that's see Brendan Rodgers doing that. <laughs> no, um, but I think in reality we're probably saying Jimmy McGrory is a is a step down for Willie Mealy. I think we've ah, I think uh, I held yeah yeah. It's difficult though because you look at it, the Willie Mealy up to like nineteen twenty two is really successful, but then from twenty two up to you know forty, it's uh, not it's not a huge amount of success. A few Scottish Cups, so. Yeah, there's maybe much of the same. You're right. I think mm-hmm. um, I, mean, I, I can't imagine Jim McGrory had any proper coaching qualifications or anything. So uh, it's probably a case of uh, he'd been at Aloha, I think. Had he? Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, but obviously football management, I guess, can in its infancy to an extent. Um, it's only I think Jockstein coming in in '65, which is why we spoke about it at the top. It's clearly the biggest transition in the club's history, bringing someone like Jock Steen in, who's such an iconic figure, not only in Celtic's history, but in football history, um, for what he did from there. And I'm always amazed at this. When you look at that, he came in in March 65. uh, We hadn't won a title in, what, 10 years or something? We hadn't won a trophy for, for years. He comes in in March 65, and we're, we're mid-table in the league but we win the Scottish Cup that year so he sees us through to the Scottish Cup final and wins it the following season we win the league our first title in what, 10 years we also get to the semi-final of the European Cup Winners Cup and are unfortunate not to make the final yeah and then the following season after that we win the European Cup <laughs> so it's like it's proper it's like champ man stuff you know it's yeah. like if you're playing champ man you take over a, a team mid-table you can't win the league your first season you win the cup then you win the league then you win the Champions League that's, <laughs> that's it's, <what> you <laughs> it's, it's incredible unbelievable it makes you think that a Celtic fan somewhere in 65 found the magic lamp somewhere <laughs> because other, like, how can you explain you know that turnaround yeah. you know, in like, terms of a transition I mean some of the players were already there I mean certainly a huge amount of the Lesbian Lions mm-hmm. were already at the club he had to bring back Barry Old um, who only joined because he knew Steam was, was coming back because they obviously knew this guy knew what he was doing you know, yeah. they had ideas that were going to take the club forward um, and everybody else had bought into it and Steen obviously I keep using the word but he was a genius you know and he managed to completely transform the, the how the club worked and where they were going yep. it's just an, it's an incredible transition yeah. and he doesn't get any better no no so um, yeah if we get half the success <laughs> that came there this time round then we'll, we'll call that a positive but yeah clearly Jockstein's a, an upgrade mm. I'm that's a, that's a step forward um, honouring a mention I guess to Sean Fallon who did take over for for a season 75-76 um, while, while Steen was kind of out uh, due to health um, but ultimately I guess he's a caretaker we'll maybe step away from the caretakers in this the, the next transition is, is Jockstein leaving and passing on to Billy McNeil who I guess seems the logical successor it does seem the natural yeah, the natural, natural development yeah. 
Yeah, although I, I, I believe um, Bertie Old was also interviewed or spoke about as a talk. Yeah, about. yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> um, heard it very recently. Um, Paddy Crerand as well um, in there. So, uh, but ultimately, yeah, Billy McNeil uh, takes over from from Jockstein. And it's a huge job that at that point. I mean, in seventy seven, seventy eight season was a disaster for Celtic. Failed yeah. to qualify for Europe for the first time since what. It's sometime early sixties at some point, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a rebuild job that had to, to take place, and we made some good signs. I mean, Murdoch McLeod, David Proven, these guys came in and made the difference, you know, straight away. Um, scored goals, mm-hmm. and I mean, Celtic, they weren't phenomenal. Celtic it was a tough season, but they managed to actually win the league in that that season when Bill McNeil came yeah, in, you know, final day of the season. Yeah. So you've got to take your hats off to Bill McNeil for actually being able to do that. Yeah, so you look at Bill McNeil first time round, he's there five years, three league titles, and I think we should also point out we've got Alec Ferguson, Aberdeen at that time. Um, so it's, I think you've, you've said before, it's possibly the strongest the Scottish league's ever been. Well, you know, probably, I mean, you know, I mean they've done pretty well. I mean, I mean, they're in the league in 79, just miss out in the last day of the season in 80. Win it in 81, 82, miss out again the last day in 83. So during that period, I mean, Celtic are. Either one in the league or they're, yeah. they're just about getting there, you know, like you were saying, O'Neill before. I was say, yeah. It's actually remarkably similar to O'Neill, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, um, you look at it that way. Um, it's it's a shame that, well, it's not a shame because, you know, it follows Jockstein, that's, that's just the way of it. But ultimately, I guess it, it's probably a step down from Jockstein. I think anyone coming in, you know, would have been a step down from Steen. <laughs> yeah. Um, harsh as that is on, on Billy McNeil who who was pretty successful first time round um, but, but, but it had to happen though because you have to look at it in context I mean Steen's time was, was over I yeah. mean, the team was a mess in 77, 78 so it had to change yep. it's just that it's, it's like a cycle isn't it you know, teams are a phenomenal and then they stop you know the rebuild job cool yeah so Billy McNeil from there we, we go to Davy Hay then back to Billy McNeil um, I guess <laughs> Davy Hay it is only one title in four years, but it is that Love Street title, um, uh, which is such an iconic moment. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful day. Everything about that, you know, that strip, those five goals, the crowd that day, you know, is, is superb. But ultimately, you could probably say that's that's not a particular. It's an interesting appointment. That's I mean, thirty-five years old, wasn't it, Davy Hay? Yeah. Well, clearly couldn't have had a huge amount of experience. I think he'd maybe been with Thistle or something like that before. Or was it Motherwell? Motherwell, I think he'd been with. Motherwell, yeah. Big job. I mean, again, when you think about McNeil following Steen, you know, David following McNeil's a legend as well at the club, so big boots to fill. Yeah. Like, it's still that period, you know, it's still the new farmer kicking around, you know, so it's not an easy environment. So I think, you know, fair play to me, you know, we've got a Scottish Cup as well in 85, you know, those memories. So, you know, success to the club, but... Different, different periods perhaps yeah so possibly another and, and he was probably let down by the board to a certain extent I mean he wanted signings that he didn't get Steve you Clark, know? Yeah, he, he needed defensive Mary. players mm-hmm. particularly in 86 um, to challenge for the title title in 87 and it just didn't happen it's probably the start I guess that board really standing in the way of success almost maybe the first time to see the things are yeah going things are going and uh, are about to get even worse <laughs> um but yeah, so well, I guess there's, there's a huge positive there in 87, 88, Billy McNeil comes back and the centenary double, which which is one of those kind of fairy tale moments in the club's history. We were, I mean, the, you look at the, the Rangers team and obviously what soon as it started to build at that point, um, 
and it seems amazing that we won that title. Yeah, yeah it's a miracle. <laughs> so that, that that's a that's obviously a huge lift. Um, but obviously that's that's then the precursor to them winning nine in a row. Uh, I mean, we're talking about managerial transitions and, and, and transition from Hay to McNeil again. I mean, did initially work, but, it, but it's a kind of one season wonder almost yeah. after that. It's, it's all, all you wonder if McNeil almost in spite of what the circumstances were, was it successful? And you, we talk about the last season, you know, we talked about losing Scott Brown back in 87 when McGrain was going, you know, we were hmm. some of the players we relied on. He had a big rebuild job and he probably brought in players to an extent that someone like Billy Stark, you know, probably weren't. A fashionable player, but kind of did a job, and we might expect it again this season. Yeah, like you said, McGrain and Brian McClare, yeah. Mo Johnson as well, going yeah. at 87. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so there, there was that period, you know, that maybe the balance of power slightly had shifted from us, but there's mm. obviously a lot of turmoil in the background that was probably starting to have an influence. Yeah, which is probably much of a muchness, hey, to make Neil second time around. Um, and then, then the wheels come off. <laughs> uh, so then we go for Billy McNeil to Liam Brady. Now, I I remember Liam Brady being appointed as manager, uh, and it's a I don't I was obviously too young to properly criticise it or anything because you just think oh he's a new Celtic manager like, great you know, um, but Liam Brady seems a really weird appointment. Doesn't it? It is. I mean, I yeah. don't. Yeah, there's not much logic behind it, is there? Yeah. On the fact that he was a big name, he was an Irishman, so there's some sort of connection, I suppose, to the club. Tenuous as best, yeah. but he hadn't achieved anything. Yeah. Basically, I, mean, I think he got the job because he'd been a, a highly regarded player. I knew. I mean, he had a great career, obviously in Serie A. Um, Seventy-two caps for the Ireland team. He was playing for Arsenal as well. So, uh, a great player, but I'd obviously shown nothing in terms of management. I'm just, I'm just and glad we never did that again. Give a job to a manager who was a good player, but I had never managed. Before. I know. Well, good we learned a lesson from that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Liam Brady takes taking over from from Billy McNeil is is clearly a step down, yeah. and the club is is fast going. It's a horrendous signings here in that period. I mean, you, you live and die on your signings, and some of them are just <laughs> horrendous. I mean, yeah. Gary Gillespie would be a half decent player at Liverpool, but just. Terrible. Um, he came at school once. I mentioned that in the podcast before. We got to meet him. It's like, why? <laughs> if you, saying that, when you look at some of the names, this is it's kind of weird because it, it it does get worse. But we did sign. I mean, Tom Boyd came in. Obviously, we, we signed Tony Casca. I know. Yeah, and then swapped him for Tom Boyd. <laughs> so Tom Thank Boyd, I was uh, Liam Brady signing, who was still there, obviously into a Neil's time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, Rudy Vata as well, who. You know, spoke about on this is really interesting story behind Vata and stuff. But, but yeah, other than that, you know, we've got Tony Mowbray came in. He came in under Liam Brady. So there's, there's not bad, you know, names in there. Obviously, Tony Mowbray, the player, not the manager. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of obviously still guys like Andy Payton, Stuart Slater just didn't work. Yeah, you know this. This can be of them. Yeah, um, and then just when you're thinking it, it, it can't get any worse, it, it, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we find a, another depth <laughs> to go to with Lou McCary. Um, now, um, we spoke about Lou McCary. Well, you're not. At, you're at not his biggest fan. I guess. No, I, I, I'm not. I don't have a lot of time for the guy. <laughs> um, and I think it's fair to say he's the worst manager in our history. I think I don't I think, think, so. think oh, that's some competition there. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got some company. There. I um, think maybe just the circumstances. Would you give him a bit of credit for the fact that he came in in a difficult period? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and I, I, I don't think there's any 
yeah. in positive you can say about Lou McCarry Fergus yeah. McCarry is quite right to sack him yeah which right so for saying we're going McNeil down to Brady probably down again to McCarry which is why I was proposing the biggest transition comes with McCann coming in Burns coming in yeah. uh, so we've spoke about Burns um, Wim Janssen from Burns I guess it had to happen yeah, I mean, there had to be uh, some sort of change. I, I don't really think of it as a transition or an era. I mean, it's, it's similar to the Bengals season that we're going to mention as well. They're, they're kind of one-season wonders, kind of stopgap measures almost. They never really felt like the birth of a new a new era for the club. Yeah. Uh, was, the was always like, successful, but um, I, I mean, it's just a kind of something that happened for a short uh, period of time. I don't, I don't think Janssen ever saw himself as being managed for three or four years, and I think mm. quite early on in his stint he realised... Yeah, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be here. Tom Brown, no, yeah, but yeah, you know, the, obviously players with Jansen brings in Lambert, Larson, yeah, Bratback, Reaper. It's a Burley as yeah. well. I, I think during that period, I mentioned before that McNamara was a great young player, but he, he seemed to get a lot out of McNamara and Donnelly, Donnelly as well. So was that kind of mixture of players were already there? Mm. You know, helped their game kind of develop. But yeah. I think. About Janssen, I think we needed someone, whereas Burns was needed for a certain period because of his emotional attachment, we needed someone who wasn't emotionally attached you know, to stop the 10 because yep. the pressure that team was under was absolutely huge. I, I, I think you're right, yeah. Um, and history is obviously, you know, it was a right call. Let's let, you know, I think I mean, it's painful as it was at the time. But even mm-hmm. the guys you brought me, think like guys like Craig Burley, from what I understand, and Paul Lambert, they weren't Celtic men. Mm-hmm. And if I think Lambert grew up supporting Rangers. I don't, I don't know what Burley's affiliation was, so even the guys who brought in had know that not connection, so there's maybe a time in a place... Take the emotion out of it, yeah. Yeah, that, that you need guys that... Maybe you got Paul McStay stepping down as well, obviously. Yeah, He's Peter Grant left as well. Yeah, so. so you're right, there was a bit of a change there. It was a big transition, um, albeit it, it you know, was only for the one year, but... I think we're probably saying that as an uplift. The it's, Bengals, a great, it's a great season to both Celtic though, as a 16 year old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember going yes. to London Road Tavern, the 16 sneaking in trying to get in for pints. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just really great times. Nothing but, yeah, obviously great memories of that season. I've, I've got memories of Vengos this year as well. It's strange, isn't it? It's a weird one. didn't win anything. Mm. Yeah, it's still, I think it's maybe the players he brought in. Yeah, Mravchik, Malby, Viduka, you know, the, he's, he's bringing in some, some good players. Obviously, I think that's. For me, that's probably Larson's second best season for Celtic, next to O'Neill's first season. Um, Larson was just unplayable at times. There, I remember the you know, four goals at Motherwell and stuff, and uh, some, some really great games. Obviously, Mirabchik a couple of weeks in the five-one game against Rangers. Yeah. I, I mean, there were some definitely some positives in that 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 year. I mean, I go back to the point though is that there was no plan in place though. I, yeah, I mean, it was like Bengals came in at the last minute. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think with Joe Brown met Gerard Tooley, you know, and there was a suggestion he was going to be our manager. Then Liverpool obviously offered him a chance. Mm. He went for Liverpool. So, so, was, yeah. so the fact that they've actually done reasonably okay that year, you know, it's, it's actually kind of a bit of a positive because it could have been worse. Probably. Yeah. Is there a is there a link? Is is there something similar about the appointment of Postecoglou? You know, and kinda, and it's maybe not quite who we wanted we're just looking for somebody to stay to the ship possibly well I think this is a suggestion from you know certainly Don McKay said that what's called somebody's run on radar for right. a while so it might I mean, it might make sense you know, you've got your number one candidate who you want it might you know there might be some value in also having some guys in the periphery who you think you know that's some of the career we might want to follow mm-hmm. and I think Posse Coglu knows himself he wasn't first choice and I think he's big enough and old enough to accept yeah 
even when he's on a, was it a 12 month long contract yeah, yeah. I mean that doesn't scream stability yeah. albeit it seems to be what Celtic doing it yeah it seems to be mm. the, the way we do things but yeah. I think Vengloss was I don't know if this is maybe starting to veer into ageism but given you know, he was older uh, well, he won the 1976 European Championships yeah. as manager so you think I mean, <laughs> I he probably wasn't yeah. thinking of going to Celtic for, you know, for years he might have been yeah. perhaps Celtic had in mind who they wanted for the following season mm. ok so it's probably a, a step down on Janssen but then there's another cliff edge coming <laughs> which is John Barnes and thank God as you say we learned a lesson from Liam Brady yeah. I was so excited probably because I was young and naive about John Barnes yeah. I actually bought into Dream Team so much yeah. that's the thing it was supposed to be like compared to Vengloss which, which clearly yeah. was just a stopgap Barnes was supposed to be this is the new year. Yeah. He's going to be here for five, six years. Am I going to win everything? And he was great to talk about he went to Brazil and stuff. I thought, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're Brian Guyton from Brazil, you know, internationalists, you know, we're saying Berkovich. Yep. This is going to be it. Spent a lot of money. No, I know, yeah, yeah. And actually, the first couple of games were okay. And we lost up at Tanadise, but that, that game, we played at Aberdeen, beat 7 0. Yeah, Larson, Viduka up front, I know it was looking good. You know, for a time yeah. I'm not saying that Barnes would want to become a success because I think the frailties in the system would have been shown up even with a fat Henrik but mm. um, just a 4-2-2-2 yeah yeah, but, the, yeah the way the wheels come off I mean Larson breaking his leg obviously you can't legislate for and who knows how different things might have been but you're right I'm still not convinced Barnes had it in him to to win that title we might have ran them close but it's just the way the club imploded after that obviously the Cali Thistle game Viduka you know Storming out, all that. I, kind I think I've got a bit of sympathy for Burns um, in the sense that he was a young manager, he was back to the transfer market, but the job was maybe just too big for him. Yeah, uh, and it was, I think, you know, maybe if he went away and yeah. got an experience, maybe a, a smaller team, but it was a big, big job. And it was just the wrong decision, yeah. yeah. But these things happen, obviously, know what happens afterwards, so yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, we've, we've spoke a lot about Martin O'Neill, uh, season. And Martin O'Neill coming in, the treble mentioned it at the top. So, but to go back over that, clearly that's one of the greatest transitions in our history. Um, we've probably covered most of what happened thereafter as well, uh, with the exception of, I guess, the last kind of five, six years. So, Dyla taking over from Lennon. Uh, the, I mean, I love Ronnie Dyla. I think Ronnie Dyla is a good guy. I think he gave his all. Ultimately, he's just not quite up to it. Well, job, yeah. job is too big for him. Yeah, um, I've, I've no ill feeling towards the man at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, that first season we almost won a treble. Yeah, but yeah. it was uh, it fell apart soon after, yeah. really, yeah. And, the, and the football wasn't good. Yeah. And again, just really weird signings around that time as well. You know, Colin Kazim Richards and Carrington Cole and guys like this coming up. And you know, <laughs> but I suppose you know, you're always looking at the grand scheme of things. You know, the dialogue contributed two titles. Yep. to the yep. nine so that's how you take a step back um, and it was quite a bold bold move by the, the, the club to bring in a guy who was kind of young from the continent and it, and it kind of worked to the extent we won the two titles but with breathing space you know that those two seasons I think that we could have maybe afford to experiment mm. cool um, so it's probably a step down on Lennon first time round I think so yeah. Yeah, Lennon's first time was yeah, fantastic pretty good yeah um, and then clearly it's a step up to to Brendan Rodgers who we don't need to talk too much about because um, you don't want to talk about him <laughs> everybody knows you know, <laughs> that what happened there I think in, in, in years to come we'll probably be a bit happier talking about Brendan Rodgers <laughs> um, times like the healer isn't it yeah uh, Neil Lennon I think 
did a wonderful job stepping in when he had to. There's mm. very few people would have came in instead of the ship. Seen how that because that title was not a foregone conclusion. No, I mean, trip to Tencastle, then away to no, the road. Could easily drop points that night. Um, and yeah, to, to, to see that through and win the Scottish Cup. And then win a treble. And then win a treble, yep. Um, obviously, last season, we all know what happened. You know yeah. my thoughts on it. Um, hopefully, that season will be stricken from the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, it was just, yeah, I mean, it was an all round disaster. Uh, let's, let's be brutally honest about it. Um, so, the question is is Ange going to be an up? Great or a downgrade. I think well, Neil Lennon. If you look at if you're if you're taking Lennon five or six trophies, it's a you know it's a big achievement. We know the last season we got to go over a lot. It was painful. Things went wrong. So five out of six. Oh, right, so you're saying like, you were not counting the two after he did right, yeah, So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard because I think we've got a dilemma that as a player we loved Lennon. As a manager, but you know things have happened. That you know a lot. It was a painful experience last year. I don't think anyone in the club enjoyed what happened. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've kind of simplified this in you know up and down, but it's not really as no. simple as that. Is it? I mean, ultimately, Lennon was a success, but he's had one poor season yeah. at the end of it. I, I, and now we need to move on. We need to get better again. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. Ange can bring something new that hope that, that causes this to be better. Yeah, I think we were, we're, kind, of, we're kind of joking about this about I think kind of. Uh, Try to get a history aspect from it. We talked about Hannibal. Everyone remembers Hannibal <laughs> leading his elephants across the Alps. And All right, so not, not Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just to be clear. Ha- ha- Hannibal Barca, like, you know, he, he trenches the Romans. But he lost his last battle. Uh-huh. The Carthaginians are massacred. They basically went into hiding. And he, he spent the last years of his life as a fugitive. Um, they're not saying no one is going to run away to Turkey and hide, <laughs> right? Um, okay. But everyone remembers that he was the great one of the greatest ones ever lived. So I think in time, we remember, you know, Lennon as a great manager yeah I, um, I think you're right it's, the same it's you know, with raw at the moment McNeil's second stint wasn't mm-hmm. successful we'll always remember him as a great manager of course yeah. mm-hmm. we don't remember McNeil's last day mm-hmm. game in the league because we lost the league mm-hmm. we just remember all the happy memories so that, I think the fans are quite good you know we have our differences sometimes you know mm-hmm. and that, that's healthy sometimes uh, yeah, but I, I think we will look back and back to original question I think the kind of politicians answer there around the places <laughs> I don't know, without, yeah uh, call it we need to get recruitment right. Yes, that's going to be huge. And we need to be patient. Yes, and I think... So, I think if I'm, my head says 50-50, my heart says this could be a good season. But I'm not very, I'm not very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think... I think it's going to be an exciting period, but I think it's not, it's not going to I'd be like think difficulties. We'll, if, like I say, if we're in touch and distance in the league and we can win a cup, I'll take that this season. Uh, something to build on. Assuming it all looks good on the park. Yeah. If you went to Incast and get a good result, it'll stand as good state. Yeah. I think we're going to win everything. Good. <laughs> right, let's leave it there. <laughs> You've heard it from Barry. Cool. Okay, well, listen, that, that, that was great, guys. I uh, hope folks have enjoyed that, just kind of looking back over the transitions in our history. Um, if you do want to follow Celtic A to Z podcast and get us on Facebook, you can look back over all our previous episodes. We've been through the A to Z and we've done a few other specials and bits and pieces on, on the history of the club. Um, so, you know, please, please look that up. I've been Jerry. This is Mark and Barry. Um, it's been a pleasure. So, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. Like thanks all and see you again.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.